just using less of everything is the best solution to most of the crises we have. Not making more, using less, and that definitely applies to water in Cape Town. It was the fact that we were able to reduce demand radically that got us out of the dwang last time. But I think we've all slipped into some bad behaviour. I really do think we've slipped into some bad behaviour again. And we all need to wake up and start realising that those short showers have to be back, that you don't turn a tap on without thinking, that you just generally start to reduce the demand on the water supply. That's my view, but a more informed view comes from Dr Peter Johnson, Climate Application Scientist, Climate Systems Analysis Group at UCT, who joins me now. Dr Peter Johnson, a very good afternoon to you. Thanks for your time. Hi, Mike. I, I think you've said it all, really. You don't need to call me. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was ill-informed. I was hoping for a, a more <laughs> informed view. <laughs> well, let's, let's look at some of the facts. I mean, Yes, please. Um, the first thing is that uh, essentially Cape Town is a water-short city. We've got some dams that supply water. Um, they're dependent on rainfall. It's the only source we have of water. The rainfall has to come in winter. It evaporates like crazy in summer when we need it and when we use it like crazy. And we need to keep a balance. So we need to make sure that at the end of a, of a winter, there's enough water for a summer and maybe a dry winter and another summer and maybe another dry winter. And that's the game that we need to play. And the city has to keep a, a tabs of, of where the water is going, how much is evaporating, how much is coming in, how much is going out. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that because water is this finite resource, we need to be very careful about how we use it. And you talked about that, and I'll mention it a little later. The second one is what's going to happen in the future. And a couple of things are absolutely certain. The one thing is that we're going to have more people in the city. And more people are going to have more houses, and more houses are going to have more taps, and we're going to use more water. And that uh, we're also going to need more water for food because agriculture is going to require more water. Because of why? Because it's getting hotter. And the water resource is going to dwindle because of that heat. So those are three things we have to keep in mind. And, and let's look at, at where the city is now and what the situation is now. The most worrying thing right now is that the dams, as you say, are in the 50s. Now, at come end of summer, that's not normally a really bad situation because you usually pick up about 30% during a good rainy season. But I said good rainy season. And in 2015, 16, 17, we didn't have any of those. So the question is, what happened in 2019, 20, 21, 22? We had pretty average years. One of those years was above average, was great, and the dams were full, and we all rejoiced. But we need to remember that many, many years ago, those dams used to get full most years. Yeah. It was the odd year that didn't get full. So now we're sitting thinking, wow, you know, last year the dams were full. This year they're only 60%. That is not good. And that means two things. One is maybe we haven't had as much rain as we thought, but that's, yeah, we had pretty much average, but we are using a lot more. Now, the question is, what's going to happen this winter? Now, I hate to break any news and I hate to cause any alarm, but the forecast that we have, and having said that, and, and John always points this out quite carefully, the forecast that we have for the summer, sorry, the winter rainfall region, the Western Cape in winter, are not very good. If you take a history of those forecasts, the last 30 forecasts, you know, as many of them have been correct as have been wrong. So we're not too worried about that. But when we do get two or three national and international forecasts all predicting that this is going to be a drier winter, then we have to just sit up and say, okay, what if? 
What if it is a dry winter? And I was at a workshop yesterday and there were five people, four people from the city, and they were talking about the city's response to the drought and how they prepared for the next one. And I wanted to jump up and say, are you really ready for the next three-year drought? But I, I didn't. Because I think they, they think they've got things quite well under control. And that's nice because they've got alternatives. They've been working in alternatives right from recycling water, reusing water, um, setting aside non-potable water for industries so they don't use potable water, putting restrictions in, which is the sort of standard procedure, looking for un- more underground water, collecting more water in the dams, and ultimately even desalination, even though that's a word we all hate. Can I just can about. I just ask you about that? Because I've yes. had a question about that, and it's one I've had a lot of people saying to me, didn't we spend billions on temporary desalination facilities during the last drama? Is that available? Is it practical? Are those things available to go again? No, they're not really. They were very temporary arrangements, and I think they were test cases. I don't know about the billions that we spent on them, but certainly there was some money spent on it to see if they would be feasible. And I think it's been agreed that they really weren't feasible. Desalination has to happen on a large scale for it to become affordable. So, yes, you can. Just like you can get car car power ships to come and produce electricity over a short period at a huge price, you can get desalination plants. You float them in, you park them there, you take the water out the sea and you purify it and you dump the salt somewhere. Uh, you just need a lot of electricity, which we don't have. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the last kind of uh, 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 option, I think, for the city. And I think they're, admit, they're admitting that. And even though there's water, you know, there's seawater everywhere. And up the West Coast, there are desalination plants that are running for most of those little towns anyway. Whether they're taking seawater or brackwater doesn't really matter, but they are producing it. But it's at a cost. So I think what's lacking here, I think the city has got the plan sorted out. I think they've learned their lesson. They're a shining light for the rest of the world. People come from all over the world to hear about the lessons that were learned and how we reacted to the drought and so on. And I think the city have done a great job. However, where I think they haven't done a good job is informing the public and making this thing well known. Because if, even if we don't have a drought, guys, we cannot go back to the kind of water usage that we used to have. We can't use 150 liters per person per day. It's just immoral and it's wrong. We should be looking at the water that we've got and saying, guys, it's a water-short country. It's a water-short city. We need to get used to it. We cannot water our lawns. We cannot rely on tap water to fill our swimming pools. So get those tanks. Get those alternatives. Think of doing some, some, some water-free gardening. And as you say, look at your water usage in the house and set up some limits and work out how are we going to do that. That doesn't cost a lot of money. It's a pain in the watsit very often, to kick over a bucket in the shower or whatever, but you get a little switch, you can screw to your tap. There's industries out there. There are business opportunities out there. People can come and they can help you. And, and, and the city should, I think, be promoting that, advertising that, putting posters in people's letterboxes saying, this is what you can do, that's what you can do. I get the rates bill every month on time in my email account. I don't get information telling me how to save water. And I think that's where they're missing a trick. Peter, that's, uh, I really appreciate all of that. It's crystal clear. It's a course of action everyone can take. You've sounded the alarm. I'm alarmed. There isn't some enough alarm, but uh, you've expressed it extremely well, and I hope you'll listen very closely to what Peter said uh, from the Climate Systems Analysis Group at UCT.